we're back with Successful Style. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. I'm Rob Giardinelli. And we have the inimitable Becca Case Impression. I've always loved that word. Isn't it fun? What does it mean? It means that you cannot be replicated or imitated. Ah. You're one of a kind. And I've seen that and known that for <laughs> going on two decades now. There, it's a BCT original. It's become part of the certainly the Texas folklore. Oh, thank and we you so appreciate so you. Thank you. We really did. We appreciate knowing you. And a lot of people do and don't know that you were so kind to um, host an event for me in your house. Your birthday. A while back. It was a birthday. Your it birthday. wasn't even a special d- birthday. But one of the greatest days of my life was, in my birthdays in May, was getting the call from you and John on the day after Christmas, the, that December before, my birthday in May, saying, we'd love to do something for you. What can you know, can we do? And I was like, oh, aren't you sweet? I'm, well, yes, let's go have a margarita. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> oh, that was such a no, good party no. for me because, A, it was celebrating you and Aww. only you. But I got to know the then Julian John Thorntons, and I love them separately, but Carla and Jack McDonald, yeah. who I remain so close to to this day. That's right. And uh, ju- it was just an, it was a ray of, uh, of our our It was mutual, a cast of characters, yeah. It was cast characters, <laughs> our mutual friends from Austin and, and uh, uh, Houston, and that was fun. I remember setting the table with all my Versace. I'd just gotten all this Versace china. It was beautiful. China. It was I know. So much fun. So gorgeous. Yeah. So thank you again. I'll You're say welcome. that publicly. Really appreciate that. You're so welcome. And I've been fortunate enough to be in your home many times before, supporting you, supporting your causes. And you have had an, a, a laundry list, a litany of celebrities, potentates, VIPs, aristocracy, it just the fun never stops at, at the thrash bash is it's oh, been known thank you there have been an array there have been an array of people that are so accomplished from nobel laureates to great artists chuck close to you know great entertainers like um george clooney uh, s- sports heroes tom brady uh models cindy crawford uh um there's just it, it goes on and really the list is is so long I cannot tell you it is. it's been Prince Albert and just Duran Duran I mean I can't even re- recall everybody who's been there Claire Danes and always wow. for a cause mm-hmm. always for a cause right now do you have like a pile of scrapbooks no chronically and, and all sadly this. um I used to have an assistant and I have it in the last couple of years and she would keep everything not in scrapbooks she would just keep everything and they were um in uh, filing cabinets and all the the, the filing cabinets uh, under three feet all got oh, and it, you know no. all that oh. press was stuck together and a lot of it's yeah. old anyway right. and had started to yellow oh. and then the ink bled and it was just but I still have some yeah. uh, plenty don't get yeah. me wrong but that was kind of sad that is sad yeah. I'm I so mean those are things you cannot replace I mean furniture and appliances who cares but inscribed book from her Brits or Saint Laurent or Vladimir Kagan. I mean, I yeah. can't, my brother's last letter to me looked oh. like an oh. Klein painting. It was just blue ink, just oh, all gosh. the paper. Oh. So th- those are heartbreaking losses and yeah. the rest is just stuff. Well, yeah. the thing about that is that you have, I'm going to guess tens of thousands of people who have great memories of what you've done. I hope so. Well, and, and, that's and their own archives. Right. And that's what it was. And to me, when I heard that news, it was literally I it was like hearing a really good friend of yours got in like a car crash. Like it was just it really broke my heart because that house to me was a person who brought nothing but joy 
to the world. Thank really. you, Rob. Do you know that we actually got letters from people that we hardly knew? It was as if, you know, we'd had a loss in our yeah. family. Oh. Just saying, you don't know me, but one of the greatest experiences in my life was when you opened your home for Barack Obama or, or whomever, whatever it was. That, right. That, 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 um, that's probably not the best example, but, you know, for, for a cancer right. patient who we'd done a cancer fundraiser mm -hmm. or Texas Children's Hospital or right. I don't even know. There's, there's, as you said, there's been so many, and those were really... A laundry list. Yeah, a laundry list. So, yeah. like, when a VIP, what, what advice can you give to a nonprofit who has a VIP guest maybe for the first time? What's the best way to kind of, you know, navigate them through the process of just g going through an event? Well, all these people are real different. You've got someone like Tom Brady who comes in. He has to have a private jet. He comes with his agent. He comes with his lawyer. He comes with security. Then you have somebody like George Clooney who puts on a baseball cap and gets on a United flight and flies by himself. So it's, it's, just, it's, just, you know, it's, it's just a different array of people, and you just have to handle each one of them differently. They're all so different, you know. I, I just think that to be accommodating but not too gushy, you know, I, I think they hate being around people that are little puppy dogs that are right. so excited that they're there. I, I never, I mean, I'm always excited that they're, of course, I'd be a total hypocrite if I said it's not fun to have a dinner for George Clooney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, who are we kidding? Sign the world up. But I don't, and, and, and actually I keep in touch with many of them, and I, I keep in touch with George. We're not best friends, and I don't talk to him often, but, you know, we, we're in touch, and, and that, that part of it's nice. That's wonderful. Yeah. That really is. Well, staying in touch with people is what Becca's all about. I mean, we have, you are a prolific communicator. I don't, I, I don't know if a lot, of, I, a lot of people who don't know you probably don't know that, but you are a prolific communicator, and you are very, um, let's see, how can I say, I'm trying to get to the story of your emails and, and having... And how long they are. And how long they are, but also <laughs> that they are very specific with instructions. <laughs> 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 and listen, and insight as well. And you've but had, not today. Not today. You said you want a script, and I went, nope, let's nope, wing it. Let's just wing <laughs> it. And that's what we're doing, that's people. That's how they do it in the chicken <laughs> business, so let's wing it here, too. <laughs> but I know you had an assistant one time who sort of didn't understand what you were... I'm thinking of that... The famous email. Can the you share that? The famous email. Well, yeah. there was two or three. Okay. Do you, you want the one that went to Glenda Bailey about yes. what to wear? Okay. Yes, yes, so, yes. so Glenda Bailey was coming down. She's the editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar, and she was coming to uh, uh, something that we were all going to, um, Acapulco for Neil Bush's birthday party. And back in the day, I did not have, I had an assistant and a computer, but I didn't Actually, I dictated everything, and this was before, and at the very end, I, after so many mistakes had occurred, I would put dictated but not proved, so the oh. recipient knew that I didn't actually write that on my own. <laughs> but anyway, she wanted to know what to wear on the, uh, on the yacht for lunch, which is a legitimate question. And so I said I'd probably wear, like, rubber-soled... Um, uh, espadrilles okay. or sandals practical and you know like um poochie I, I had a brand new pair of poochie okay. you know pedal pushers and 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 a cute cotton top and anyway and i'm dictating this and i'm sitting on the tarmac at lax you know and the planes are taking off and i'm talking fast so she types it all out and sends it 
and I get this call going like, we're all so curious here. <laughs> <laughs> what are hoochie, hoochie pads? Oh. And I'm like, hoochie, dog, what are you thinking? Hoochie, hoochie mama. She didn't have a clue who Poochie was, so and and and, and 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 rightly so. That right. wasn't her world right. at all, and right. so I don't blame her for it, one bit. But I mean, there's been countless, you know, mistakes. So, like so many that. Instances, instances, shall we say? Yeah, and little the, incidents. The toad points. And there's the and there's the Neiman Marcus that went, that one went to Ken Downing and and Karen Katz, and we're doing our first Louvre dinner in my house in Houston. It was like 2005. And they said, what are we going to serve? And I wrote back and I said, well, I'm envisioning sort of a French menu. We, we can start off with sort of vichyssois or cassoulet. Mm. And then we can have, you know, poulet. And we can have caviar with, you know, toast points. And I'm, and I'm really talking fast, which is a big problem for me because I do talk fast. And so we're, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about the first course, which was caviar and the toast points. And so... Uh, Karen Katz called and said, tell me, what are toad points? And so I said, honey, what were you thinking? Caviar and toad points? And she said, well, it sounded to me like the whole first course was coming from the swamp. Toads and fish eggs and Oh, that is okay. a scream. <laughs> Isn't that a scream? I mean, you just can't make that stuff you up. Make that you, know, stuff you just up. can't. And, yeah. so, and gratefully, everybody thinks all that stuff is so Texas and so funny. Well, and, and Karen and Ken have a fun sense of humor. So totally. That helps, right? She's the best. Yeah. She is darling. They have to roll with it. All right. So let's talk about. Well, you're, oh, I was going to say, let's talk about, you know, the energy of the people mm -hmm. that come into an event, because that really, to me, that's the most important, the most important ingredient to making anything really successful you cultivate lists of people that I don't know, like it's, it, you need to like teach a course on it because it's really wizard-like and it's a menagerie. How do you blend the right mix of energies to really create Oh, I, I go out of my way not to try to blend anything. I go out of my way to just invite interesting people from all walks of life and somebody who's going to show up and make a contribution to the party. And because I find that if you have all the same type of people. Like, I've never been to a medical convention. And maybe they're just a blast. But I just <laughs> cannot imagine a room full of the same the type same. of people that right. do the same thing right. being fun. And I think that that's why I've never been keen on joining a club. I just don't want to see the same people all the time. I want to see different people from different nationalities and different cultures and different walks of life that make it... Uh, an outrageous statement that no one maybe is expecting to someone who's very cultured and very erudite and, you know, says something else. And I, I just find that that's what makes an interesting party is the unexpected mix of people. And gay men. Oh, you've got to have a lot of gay men. Yeah. yeah what's and the cocktails. What's the percentage? 30, 30, 30 to 40%. I mean, that's it, a pretty because, you know, number. I mean, all of our husbands, God bless them, they are adorable, but they don't know what you have on. And, and they have no idea. They, they can't talk to you about fashion design or artist, or some of them can. I mean, some of them can. But for the most part, you know, I love having gay men. They dress. They come in with this wonderful, positive excitement. They're, they're exuberant. They're happy to be there. They compliment the women. They know what they have on. And um, 
they'll dance with them if the husband doesn't want to dance because often, you know, the husbands get together and they're at the bar and they're talking about the stock market or the football scores and women just couldn't be di more disinterested in that. Right. So if you don't have the infusion of gay men, um, you don't have a good party. <laughs> <laughs> well said. True words were never spoken. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's so great is that I'm you... I'm sorry. Look at what is considered to be one of the greatest parties in the world is the Met Gala. I think there's three, four straight men that go to that, but for the most part. Total, yeah. I mean, I'm kidding, but, you know, I mean, the great parties in London, you know, I mean, they're mixes. So, you know, I have tons of, tons of husbands, okay? I mean, more than half, more than, way more than half, probably 70% of the men in the room in every one of my parties is married to a good friend of mine or is straight. But without the gay, without the infusion of gay men, you just wouldn't have the same energy. Not going to happen. Just <laughs> not. True. Absolutely true. Uh, true words were never spoken once again by BCT. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned the Met Gala. You've been to it several times. You've I attended. Have. You've loved I it. Have. You've had special dresses made back for you. Back in the you. day. Back in the day when Anna actually had like philanthropists and socialites there. But now you have to be a Instagram star with 100 right. million followers. Right. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So when you went, was it what you want, what you thought it would be? Originally, because, you know, it started out as such a small... Yeah, I mean, it started off with no celebrities, yeah. right? I didn't go to those. It was Brooke uh, Astor's. Uh, yeah, Brooke Astor yeah. and Jane Wine. You know, yeah. All of that was back in the day. Sure. And then I started going in the 90s as a guest of, you know, your, all, all the fashion houses and jewelers, they, were, they would buy tables. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was always somebody's guest. Mm -hmm. um, and they were super glamorous and super beautifully decorated and Andrew Bolton has always been the curator sure. of you know these so talented and the Anglomania show was a real highlight Burberry mm -hmm. was the sponsor of that the uh, there was one that Armani did one year there was one that Renee Zellwinger uh, uh, chaired with Anna I guess I've, I've been to four of them I yeah. think I've been to four right but all it, of them really really fabulous and the the Anglican one was when you wore the high collar I did. Black. I did. Ralph Rucci uh, designed that for me, and I, I went with him. He tried to do something that was very English and mm -hmm. sort of a nod to the Victorian times mm -hmm. and Elizabeth I and all of that, but with a modern take. So instead of doing the high-high ruffles and cuffs, he did the high-high, but he did it with feathers. Right. And so it was really kind of an interesting take on it, and yeah. I just felt like, a queen that night. It was so much fun. But every, every time was, was marvelous. Well, and when you dress for events and you're known to have exquisite tastes and you, you, you buy couture smartly and wisely and you don't buy anything that's trendy, you buy what you love and yeah. you, it's a collaboration. Yeah. How, I mean, is it important to feel really beautiful in these creations for you? Well, it, interestingly, I, I'm not a person who buys fashion for the fashion aspect. Mm -hmm. I buy what looks good on me, mm -hmm. what is flattering, because if it is not flattering on you, you're never gonna wear it. Right. So I have a collection of clothes that I've had for 25 and 30 years that I still wear. Yeah. In fact, Saturday night I went with Hamish Bowles mm -hmm. and Sarone and Todd, we all went to Two by Two in Dallas. Yeah, yes. And when you're with Hamish Bowles, you're with Vogue, basically. High style. So 
there was nothing I was going to go buy off the rack because you're going to see yourself if you go buy something. I mean, so right. I went into my archives and pulled out a old McQueen kind of scaparelli pink gown that I've had for 17, 18 yeah. years. And it fits perfectly just like it did then. Of and um, different accessories. But I love shopping in my closet. And I'm thrilled that I have try to invest in clothes that would stand the test of time mm -hmm. and that I can c continue wearing over year after year. Well, I think that really speaks to your point of view of, of not, or th that is the al opposite of fast fashion, yeah. which is such Don't a thing Don't get me now. wrong. I love fast fashion. These pants I have on today are from Zara and they were $49. Fantastic. Now I have them mixed with a Burberry coat that we won't talk about how much mm -hmm. this costs, mm -hmm. but that's the high and the low. Yeah. But the high and the low is all about self-confidence. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who could never, ever, ever walk into Zara. They just couldn't. They're just too insecure to. They've got to be in head-to-toe hmm. designer. And I, again, and I don't, I don't judge them for that. That's who yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, but that's not who I am. Yeah. I, I, loved, I love to mix it all up. I right. love to have on a piece of haute couture with an H&M top you know right. I, I just think it's fun well that to me is the the epitome of style Thanks. is being able to put that together and yeah. you really put that together i love and, have, your and to do that you have to have confidence so you know you and, 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 and being a confident dresser uh you don't come out of the shoot as a teenager or even in right. your you know i've never had a stylist uh, once again i don't judge anybody who does mm -hmm. but um I think that just after amount, a certain amount of years, you just know, you start to have you build up your style and you know it looks good on you. Right. And it gives you an incredible confidence to mix things that maybe often somebody else wouldn't and you really don't care if they like it or not. I sure right. don't. Well, and that confidence shines through with how you operate. And um, we'll talk about this for a second, is how you know how to work a room for a live auction to raise money for something that you're passionate about. <laughs> Unlike any other human being I've ever met. It has never oh, been replicated. Yeah. Not that I know of, and I've been, in a, I've been in a lot of situations. You know, I have a distinct advantage that a professional auctioneer will never have. You cannot put somebody up there from Christie's or Sotheby's, or they're working for an auction house. So they right. can't say, as I do to Steve Schwartzman, you're not going to give me another bid? Really? Is money a problem, honey? Because I just read you're worth $11 billion. And of course he's going to raise his hand again, right? I mean, he may hate me for it, but he's a friend. And it's different when they're your friends and sure. you are doing it for free and you're doing it for the love of the charity and doing your best to raise as much money as you possibly can. So, um, and I also think that charity, I mean, that auctions are there for 2% of the people, maybe three sitting in the audience. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to entertain the other 97% and the blah, 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 blah. I've never understood that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, the people are going to, they get up and they go yeah. get a drink and they're talking through right. it or, and so I try to make it entertaining for everybody. I will say oh, the live auctions I've seen you do, that's probably the one place where I've never seen a substantial portion of the people get up. Some of them may get up, but they're back in. They're there seconds. for the floor show. Yeah, they're I mean, there they're for the there BCT show. To see it, like it's just. <laughs> Heck yeah. It was really, it was really something else. When I, it was a Best Buddies gala where you did that, it just it was really great. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, and you also you you raise money from the heart. And I yeah. think people really understand that. I think that they see that your passion, because there are friends, and you know you're not a, a paid. 
product of an no. auction house, it makes a big difference. It does make a difference. And it makes, it makes a difference a huge, to those organizations. It makes a huge difference. Right. Um, and, and as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, and I'll die saying it, people, people support people. So the beneficiary, of course, is the ultimate recipient of the funds and the money, but people come to the table for other people. Right. And so it's sort of win-win mm -hmm. all the way around, mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's, that's a winning formula. It's, it's hard to put somebody up there or, or, or to have a chairman of something that right. they're just doing it to, to do it, yes. and their, and their right. heart and passion isn't there. It's reflective in the, in the bottom line, in my opinion. Right. Now, I know that in the last The Society Diaries cover story on you, we gave a figure of what you had been attached to raising. It was north of yeah, north of eighty million. Eighty million. Yeah. That's a John, lot of money. John, my husband thinks it's closer to a hundred if you add what we've given and what I've raised. Right. And it's taken twenty-five years, and it's global. It's not just sure. Houston or Paris right. or London or right. it's all over the place. Yes. Mexico City, I've three million there. I mean, it's just you know, it's just all over the place. So um, I don't know. Truly, I've never sat down. It would yeah. take hours and days right. to go back in time and figure it all out. But suffice it to say, it's a huge, it's a huge number. Well, between eighty and a hundred million. That's, I mean, that's something to be proud of. I'm very proud of it. It was, um, it's been a great ride for yeah. everybody, me especially. And it's, but it's I hope so it's been a, a great ride for all the, it's, it's the, the nonprofits. Far, far from over, yeah, too. It is far from over. Now there is one other thing. I don't know. I'm taking a gap year after the. After the hurricane and after yeah. the flood and after we lost everything and yeah. moved into an apartment and I took a year to really reflect and go to other people's events. Um, so re-entry, for lack of a better way of saying it, will be slow. Okay. And I just really want to reassess what I do and what I get involved with. It'll yeah. be fewer and farther between. That's that I can assure you. I'm, I'm pooped, guys. Well, been I've been do doing this for a long time. You have. And I'm not a spring chicken, and I'm sick yes, about you are. it. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and just, uh, just to go back, my earlier comment of when people came up to me, because you are such a lovely person inside and out, and and people asked me, you know, if you were touched up on the cover, you genuinely look like a movie star, and you had not, there was no touching up. Like, we didn't do anything. Oh, that's so that's nice. That's the crazy Thank part. Thank you so much. No, but it's true. It's like, you know, Believe me, teeth get wider and eyes get brighter. I mean, I, you know, I've got it down, but with you, it was like, oh, let's go to print. That's oh, it. That's Done. so nice. Thank Done. you so much. Truly. I don't know how on that day that picture didn't have to be, t no, didn't have time to wash my hair, didn't have time to take a bath. Because of the terrorist attack, we didn't get in until seven. And we had two hours and I had to leave the Petit Palais, go back to the Ritz. Right. Barely, barely got my outfit off yeah. and on. You know, right. I mean, I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't bathe or brush my teeth or anything. Yeah. So that that picture wasn't touched up is it was not wow. didn't need to be. Yeah. So that's a testament to, I think it's your inner strength. We were talking earlier about how Texas women are resilient, and I think you're a great example of that. Thank you. You just play Texas women play are forward. resilient. Well, we're resilient people. Well, and so in speaking of kind of having to, in basically move things and push everything back 90 minutes. One of the things you do really well is placing people next to different types of people. You do not, under any circumstances, seat spouses together. Which I don't, but I get in trouble, Rob. Amen. Why do you I get, get in no. trouble? Because I think there it's are, brilliant. There are some people that, will call, that know me well that will call me in advance and say, please don't separate us tonight. 
Why do you think my that husband is? doesn't like to be separate? I just think uh, I think it, it it's it's more the husbands than the wives, but oftentimes okay. they uh, they're unsure of who 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 they're going to be seated next to, and maybe just a little insecure about it, and they just want to have at least on one side somebody they know. But as a general rule, my general philosophy in seating is I try, and I don't always, I deviate from this, but I try to put one familiar person next to you and one totally brand new, unfamiliar person on the other side. So that if you hit it off beautifully with a new person, fantastic. But if for whatever reason you don't, you know, don't, you don't care for them for whatever reason, you at least have someone familiar that you can, that you can turn to. That's sort of my rule. And that's a testament to 300 plus being in your home. Yeah. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of matchmaking. Yeah. I do have to say it's what I spend the most time on. The two things I spend the most time on are acquiring my auction items because it's such an addition to the bottom line, yep. mm -hmm. such a revenue generating aspect of my events. And so I spend a huge amount of time. Um, uh, I'm just blanking out on the word, but getting those yeah. auction items, cultivating those, yeah. and um, uh, and and then I and then I spend s hours on the seating. Yeah, I, I ch from you can tell. You can see an original seating chart to the final seating chart. It, they're so different. They're Isn't so something? Different. And th what's interesting that you had mentioned earlier is that, and these are titans of industry who are in your home yeah. that might feel uncomfortable seated next to a complete stranger. I find yeah. that fascinating. Oh. Those are the ones that are the worst. Interesting. Totally. Interesting. Not the worst. That's actually the wrong way to characterize it. Those are the ones that want to sit next to their wives. Gotcha. At least on one side. Something familiar. Yeah. Got it. And so that's when the gay men come in to that's really right. jazz up the <laughs> joint. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Offer color, color commentary. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I have so many, over the years, I've hosted so many fashion events. Right. So if I have a dinner for Christian Louboutin or Christian... Lacroix, Lacroix or Dior or yes. Vuitton or whoever it happens to be. Uh, those are sometimes, you know, events that the husbands choose not to go to and the wives aren't going to miss them for anything in the world. Right. And so having, again, once again, the gay men save the day. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then you really have got this wonderful, perfect mix, you know. I was fortunate to attend your Christian Lacroix dinner and fashion show, yeah. which took a lot of work to make oh that happen. Oh my God! It was. I, it's still people still talk about that. I it's had been to a decade. Take an entire glass wall down, because I had this idea that there was a tent in the backyard where the models were going to be, and I had an idea to have them start walking through the copse of trees, this garden, wow. a Japanese garden, and there was no leaves because it was February. So we illuminated them sort of in purple and lilac. Mm -hmm. And then the runway began outside, and the waddle, models walked straight through what it seemed to be a glass wall. But we had removed one panel, and the runway just continued straight over the pool. Wow. And people really went, <gasps> They floated. Like that. I mean, because, yeah. because, because anybody who knows my house knows that's a glass window. Right. <laughs> and, and, oh, my God, she's going to walk right into the window. <laughs> and they were cleaned so beautifully out one hour before that you almost couldn't. So right. that was really so fun. That was so incredible. Like when the first model came across, do either of you remember, did someone kind of, like, 
almost like gasp or people did gasp. Everyone did. The Every, whole everyone did. Because I think people were kind of holding. Where is where is she going with this? Right. I mean, is she where is she going? Is she going to go? Is she going to turn around and go back, or yeah. where is she going? Right. But there was the runway in, in inside, and it just kept going. But. How is she going to get there? But she got there. That's right. She got there. And I think the clothes were so exquisite. They because were. Because it was from his archives. That's right. And there was really, there was almost, a, once the gasp settled down, there was really kind of a hush. Of, yeah. Because every every piece was more magnificent than the yeah. one before it. So it was, that was quite a night. It was so, so and we sold a few dresses. The, the next day the collection went to the Ritz-Carlton. Everything's bespoke, you know, made to measure okay. so you order it and it. It gets yeah. made for you. It takes several months. But so one of the husbands called me and said, so the third white dress that came out, I really want to get that for so-and-so. And I said, <laughs> absolutely. And how do I do it? And I said, well, y'all go in to make an appointment with uh, Marie Martinez, the directrice right. of the house, and, you know, she'll take your measurements and all of that. So he did, and I got a call, and he called me. He went, Becca. <laughs> My college education didn't cost as much as that dress. You didn't tell me how much these damn dresses were going to cost. Well, you're not going to say, oh, but wait a minute. It may be really high. It's it's, it's haute couture. It's bespoke. It's made to measure. These pieces are six figures sometimes. So she didn't get the dress. Darn it. Darn. Uh, But others others got dresses. That's right. We sold three. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't a huge amount. But, you know, you're talking about dresses that cost $50,000. Right. So right. selling three paid for the whole thing. You know? well, and it doesn't mean that the people who were there didn't buy something else that wasn't down the, the road. Down and the also road. for me, it's not just that. It's exposing people to what they have never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the haute couture from Paris. I mean, these fashion houses don't do shows in America. Formal right. shows. They'll bring the collection to a hotel ballroom and you can come and try something on and and, and order it, but to actually have a formal collection come and be presented, I mean, nobody could believe that Christian Lacroix agreed to it, right. but he did. Yeah, of course I he talked did. him into it. Does any, has anyone ever turned you down? Probably. I just, no. I put it out of my mind. <laughs> They're dead to you now. Of course they have, but I put it out of my mind. It's too depressing. <laughs> well, and you're, you love haute couture. You've been front row lots and lots and lots of times oh. what is one of your favorite things that you feel when you're in that audience well it's exhilarating yeah because not only are you about to see something uh, art in motion but you are sitting across from some of the most influential people in the world mm-hmm. there's glinda bailey there's anna wintour mm-hmm. there's stefano tonki right. infused with kate blanchett nicole kidman sure. Jennifer Lopez, whoever is ECT. the celebrity du jour, yeah. you know, because yeah. they all the houses bring, right. you know, bring somebody. Sure. And so it's just so much fun, you yeah. know, and so it's just that energy. I think you, know? you, you were at, what were you at the McQueen show one year? I was at the McQueen show. And you call and we were, I don't know, you were, you had just left and we were connecting for some reason. You were like, I am in tears. This was the most beautiful show yeah. I've ever seen. He was unbelievable. I know. And I was think Alexander, interestingly, the two designers that I find going back in time that probably held the greatest talent and the greatest promise were McQueen and John Galliano. Yeah. And for one taking his life and one having a horrific right. incident, yeah. neither one of them are working. At, well, I mean, McQueen's not working at all. Yeah. Galliano is working for Maison Margiela. In fact, he's just mm-hmm. come out with a new fragrance, which is a 
uh, a bi-gender fragrance, which I love. It's for men and women. Oh. And it's called Mutiny. Isn't that perfect? That perfect is name. so perfect. So Hamish perfect. Bowles just love did a big it. story. I just did a big interview with him. So we'll all have to read it. Oh, we'll fantastic. all have to get it and read it. So, yeah. He's a very creative guy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Did you like the fragrance, though? I haven't gotten to smell it yet. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I haven't gotten to smell it yet. Well, that's another thing to stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> will Becca like the fragrance or not? I Because that... That will determine how successful it is. This has really been such a blast. And we hope you will come back again because we've only scratched the surface. Oh, it was so much fun. I can't thank you enough for having me. Will you come back? Please, please, please. Of course. And thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled. Really. And every continued success. Thank you. For Society Diaries and for this wonderful new podcast. Well, we're excited with success. And how does one one follow the podcast? That's fantastic. Well, you know, we're doing the entire season, the first season before it launches, and then the next season is released periodically. So we will be launching with SoundCloud, iTunes, and it'll be everywhere. Fabulous. BCT Global. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait to tune in. Well, Have thank, a good... thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Rob Giardinelli. I'm Lance Avery Morgan. And we're reminding you that great style begins with, with a, a unique, unique point, point of, of view. view. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.